0: Migrants land in Martha's Vineyard and at the vice president's doorstep. Inflation rebounds, and abortion divides Republicans on Capitol Hill. It's all part of a full week, and it's why we are grateful to turn to the analysis of Capehart and Gerson. That is Jonathan Capehart, associate editor for The Washington Post, and his Post colleague, opinion columnist Michael Gerson. David Brooks is away. Hello to both it's of you good, good on this Friday evening. Thank you for being here. Let's start with the migrants' situation. Uh, Jonathan, we have two governors, the governor of Texas, uh, Greg Abbott, the governor of Florida, Florida, Ron DeSantis, sending plane loads, bus loads of migrants to Washington, D.C., and just in the last couple of days to Martha's Vineyard, this island, uh, part yeah. of Massachusetts. They say this is all about payback, because the federal government, the Biden administration, hasn't done anything about this. Others are saying it's a stunt. What is it?
1: Um, it's a stunt. Um, they have been sending busloads and plane loads of migrants to not just Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, but also New York City, Chicago, uh, giving no notice. I did an interview with Mayor Eric Adams for the Texas Tribune Festival. And I asked him, have you spoken to Governor Abbott? No. You know, they, there's no coordination. No one's, no one's calling them. And as we know about um, what happened on Martha's Vineyard, they got a phone call 20 minutes before that the plane was going to land. Um, you know, using human lives like this. I mean, these are people. Particularly the, the folks who landed on ben, uh, on Martha's Vineyard. These are people who traveled from Venezuela. And I'm not talking about flying in on planes. They walked from there. And then they get to to Texas, and someone says to them by the accounts, oh, are you looking for a job? you Are looking for a home? Here, come this way, and put them on a plane to Martha's Vineyard. The one saving grace in all of this and these people being used this way is that Martha's Vineyard is a... It it is an island, a community that is known for its openness. And there's a sign that I have seen on the vineyard since at least 2019, 2020, uh, That reads, We respect women, we value black lives, we stand with our LGBTQ community members, we stand with immigrants, with refugees, with indigenous peoples. Just saying to the folks who visit Martha's Vineyard that you are in a community that prizes diversity and prizes humanity. And that's not what we've seen from Abbott or DeSantis.
0: Does this get us any closer, Michael, to some solution uh, to all this?
2: Uh, Goodness, no. Um, You know, it's a big thing in the. MAGA world to own the libs. and that, you know, that means essentially mocking them in ways that make them look bad. And this is a case where you had a governor in the United States trying to own the libs with human beings as his method. Um, that I think is... You know, these states were once known as laboratories of democracy, laboratories of policy ideas. Now they are laboratories of progressively worse inhumanity. You mean Texas and Florida? Texas and Florida and the yeah, like. Yeah. Um, and so I, you know, it indicates something disturbing about our that uh, much of our political system is has become uh, performative. These are performances by politicians, not the pursuit of ideas or solutions or common ground um, it's really I'm going to send this message to try to hurt my enemies and I'm going to do it in the most dramatic and way possible and we have not even reached the I, the bottom of it yet I don't think
0: you know Jonathan I hear people all the time saying why can't we do something in this country about immigration That's the the issue but president after president Republicans and Democrats have not been able to do that why not
1: because there doesn't seem to be a will to do it. President... I'm old enough to remember President George W. Bush trying really hard to get an immigration reform bill done, and he gave up in 2007, when they couldn't get 14 votes to get cloture in the Senate. President Obama tried over and over and over again, while at the same time enforcing, um, you know, deporting people, where he had people, you know, uh, allies of his calling him deporter-in-chief. He then started doing DACA, but they didn't do anything. And President Trump, well, we build a wall, um, putting babies in prisons. Um, If Governor Abbott and Governor DeSantis were really serious about doing something about the border, they would be spending, they would be commuting to Washington, D.C. Walking the halls of Congress, demanding a meeting with the president, and sitting down together to come up with a plan and force Congress to pass the plan. But that's not what they're doing.
0: Do you see any way through this really hard issue?
2: Well, the problem right now is that one of the essential elements of MAGA ideology is us versus them. And uh, someone from an ethnicity like uh, from Venezuela. Is an easy them uh, because they look different, they speak differently. Um, you know, the opposite here, these are many people who claim to be Christians um, in their political engagement. Um, and one of the most basic principles of uh, religious ethics is welcoming the stranger. I mean, how could this possibly be consistent with what we're seeing in Republican ideology right now? But I'm, I'm afraid it's kind of baked into Trumpism. There always has to be uh, an enemy. There always has to be a them. And that's this is what they have chosen.
0: Another really tough issue that's come up this week, um, Jonathan, and that, as we saw in the Senate, Lindsey Graham, South Carolina Republican, proposing what's almost a national ban, a mm-hmm. national ban on abortion, 15 weeks limit. Um, but it's interesting, not... There were some Republican senators who, who were saying they were indicating they couldn't go along with this. Mm-hmm. What, what is happening with the issue of abortion right now?
1: Well, I'm still trying to understand why Senator Graham did what he did, yeah. knowing what we know, how the American people feel about the issue of of abortion. If the Kansas vote from this summer wasn't a big indicator to Republicans that you need to tread lightly here, uh, I don't know what is. And, instead, the senator proposes this proposes this ban. The fact that Republicans on the Hill are walking away from him says nothing to me, because they're walking away from him, because midterms are coming. Will those same people be walking away from Senator Graham after the midterms, when maybe they try to do it in the lame duck? Or if the Republicans get the majority, will they be still? Will they still walk away from Senator Graham, or will they they go with him? And the other thing is, once you start at 15 weeks, once you start that debate, that's not the end of the debate. That's the beginning. What more are they going to want to do to try to... Um, have more control over, you know, bodily aut- autonomy for women. Are they going to go after contraception? Are they going to go after other things that really strike at people's own personal liberty?
0: What do you think is behind what Senator Graham is doing, and what do you, how do you read the Republican reaction?
1: Well, what he's doing is
2: politically foolish. It complicates the lives of almost every one of his colleagues that are, that's running. Um, but. I think I know him well enough that he believes this is actually a moderate Republican position. If you look at the number of abortions that take place in America, according to the CDC, um, about 92, 93 percent are before 13 uh, weeks. What he's proposing, I think, which people don't quite realize, is, if you accept a uh, 15-week ban, you have allowed most abortions in America, well above 90 percent. Um, at other times in the history of the pro life movement, people would have looked at this and said, This is total surrender. So the bill itself is not extreme. Um, and he actually makes exceptions for rape, incest, and life of the mother. But um, then
0: why are, some, why are a number of Republicans not uh, signing on?
2: Because I think politically they don't want to engage in the details of an issue they don't want to talk about. Um, you know, this is a case where the polling is really bad. When you look at from the pro-life perspective, that people wanted to keep Roe v. Wade, but if you look at the polling about a 15-month ban, it's just about even in several polls in America. There's support. I think that Graham knows that and thinks this is the way it should be argued. Um, but it's it also is
1: a political disaster
2: for Republicans.
1: You know, th- this whole thing feels like politics. I hear what you're saying, Michael. About you know this is actually Republicans of your would think that this bill is surrender. But I watched part of that press conference, uh, Senator Graham's press conference, and there was a woman there who asked a question, a very personal question, about a, a, a complication with her own pregnancy, really horrible complication. She spoke from a from a human level, personal level, and he answered her by dodging the question and relying on political talking points, going after Democrats. If you really care about this issue, then you need to talk to that. You need to talk to that woman. You need to address her concerns. And that's what Republicans aren't doing.
0: Another subject I want to bring up, and that is pretty bad news this week about inflation, about prices. Um, this right. is an issue that clearly Democrats are worried about. Michael uh, Republicans, of course, you know, beating that drum. Uh, but from a from a pocketbook standpoint, what's going on right now? I mean, the economy we're told is strong, but prices. Are going up. What's ha- what's behind all this?
2: Well, I think that the president has actually had a pretty good couple of weeks. And when you look at it in total, um, you've had the you know inflation for for uh, uh, gasoline and other uh, products go down. Um, you've had um, you know there's some fairly bad news on inflation, but you still have unbelievably low unemployment in America. Um, that's actually part of the problem, a tight labor market that in, in, increases inflation um, uh, he I mean, Biden is to some extent the least popular most successful president I know of <laughs> <laughs> um, but even the popularity has come up a few points in in the last few weeks um, yeah. so I think he's looking uh, to you know to try to um, build on that success, create the appearance of competence and progress. Um, and it actually is working to some extent. Um, I, I think that among independents, you see some movement, um, not Republicans, but how <laughs> do you
0: see this, and, and the, what the role inflation is playing in all this?
1: Well, in terms of this this aura yeah. of competence, the president coming, you know, getting that, uh, averting the rail strike is something that it was necessary. Was, yeah. was necessary. But imagine if there had been a rail strike, the in- inflation would ha- it would have complicated the story. It would have complicated uh, inflation. But I do think that inflation is a big it, it it it's a big worry. It's a big worry for the administration because we all we know as much as abortion is working well. For Democrats politically, in terms of getting women registered to vote, we know at the end of the day, people look at their pocketbooks. And if prices are high, if gas starts spiking up again, they look at their own personal economy.
0: And we saw in a poll that the news hour was part of this week that even though the economists and the experts say we are not in a recession yet, it may be down the line, we don't know. A majority of Americans, a large majority of Americans, think we are already. In a recession, so so much of it is, is the mindset.
1: Right, it's personal.
0: Jonathan Capehart, Michael Gerson, thank you both.
1: Thanks, Judy. Thank you.